Hey guys, it's Brent, and I need to talk with you about this podcast. Uh, we had some issues while recording, and turns out the audio is pretty overmodulated. My hope is that you can get past it and enjoy the content, because I think the group had an in-depth and frank discussion about the works of Kevin Smith. That said, if this episode proves to be just too doggone overmodulated for you to enjoy, well, fear not, because we're going to give you a bonus episode of The Freak Show. That's right. Last week, three members of The Freak Show, Tom, Colin, and I, sat down and watched the 1954 classic Creature from the Black Lagoon. And starting Sunday, March 10th, we will have a a bonus Freak Show podcast about the Creature, available on iTunes or at our blog spot or Podbay or however else it is that you download your favorite podcast, The Saturday Night Freak Show. Uh, Yeah, okay, so sorry about the audio, and hopefully you can still enjoy the content. Thanks, guys. Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits? The Saturday Night Freak Show. (laughs) Welcome back, freaks, to the Saturday Night Freak Show. (laughs) Every Saturday, the five of us meet in my basement. We watch... Well, we have dinner, first of all. Thank you very much, Brent. We then... Meet downstairs. We watch a film uh, which is chosen every week by a different member of the Freak Show. And then uh, we gather afterwards to talk about our opinion of it. Tonight's movie. Well, first of all, who's here? Uh, this is Tom. I'm sitting in Kyle's dorm place, which all out of whack. I'm the bartender for the night. <laughs> How's it feel? Uh, you know, I feel uh, empowered. I got control of all the liquor. Oh, boy. And maybe by sitting in Colin's place, I'll be more knowledgeable. Or you might just be louder. That's how that works. You have all the liquor. We're all swapping into Colin's place as we rotate. That's what I think we should do, just keep on rotating. See what it looks like from over there. That's right. And this is Brent. I'm happy to be back. Sorry I missed you last week. What did you think of that movie? What did you think of Big Red One? Uh, the big red one, I I liked it. It felt it felt a lot like a Saving Private Ryan style film, kind of a Band of Brothers. Um, it it really, I know it was shot in the '80s, but it felt like it was shot in the '50s. Um, yeah, it felt older in the '80s. It did. I guess it was what 1980. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought every time Mark Hamill spoke, he kind of ruined it a little bit. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. Sorry, Mark Hamill. It was, if you're listening, we apologize. He's going to be able to redeem himself in the new Star Wars. He's going to redeem himself. Who else is here? Sean. Sean is here. That's all I got. <laughs> well, this is Travis, as always. And I'm Colin. Uh, so who's sitting in the negativity, negativity seat? Uh, well, we're splitting it, I think. We're both over in the negativity seat. <laughs> so, uh, Travis and I. So, uh, tonight's movie was picked by Brent. Brent, what did you have us watch tonight? I had everybody watch Chasing Amy, Kevin Smith's 1997. Was it 97? Yeah. 97 classic. Um... And why did I have everybody watch this? You you may ask. I don't why? Know. Why did you watch this? <laughs> There's a couple different reasons that I'll get into throughout the podcast. But I you were gonna come something now. The the main the main reason was I think that uh, I don't know I I wa- I wanted to watch a Kevin Smith film, and this one seems to be like his to me anyways. Tom, you may 
Yeah, Brett, I, Brett and I had like a, a long discussion on this. I, I think this is. I think we came to the conclusion this is his best film. Well, I think I think it's Kevin Smith's defining film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's yeah, the it's, one where like, if Kevin Smith became a filmmaker, it was during this movie. I'd agree with that. I mean, it's not. It's. I don't think it's his best film. I mean, it's not my favorite. Kevin Red Smith. State. Red State was his best film. Uh, Red State was pretty up there. Yeah. Red State best film. Thank I, you very much. Well, apparently the conversation closed, and that was the end of the podcast. filmmaker, you got to be able to do different types of films, right? I mean, really. Red State doesn't really feel like a Kevin Smith no. film, though. That's right. He finally it's... was able to make a better movie. No, no, but I Chasing That's Amy pretty... is the one, like you said, that is the one that defines Kevin yeah. Smith the most. Pretty much. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Right. And that he became a filmmaker during that. Yeah. I think it's his, his best written <laughs> film. Probably. Uh, I would say it's his best written film. Oh, for sure. It's got heart. It's got pure heart. Yeah. So what's the movie about? The movie about, and if you haven't seen it... um, I'm going to spoil it, just like I always do. So it's basically, it's about um, this comic book artist that meets this girl, kind of basically digs her right away and falls in love with her, only to find out that she is, in fact, a lesbian. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, But basically, so he's like, okay, that's fine. I'll just be friends with her. So they're friends for a while until he gets to the point where he's like, you know, I got to tell her how I feel. I... I really love her. And I basically... Like, hey, I love you! Oh, wait, shit, wrong Ben Affleck movie, sorry. There's... <laughs> right, my bad. There, there's this really great scene in the rain where he's like, fuck it, I love you. I, I can't, you know, I can't live like this. I can't just be friends with you. You know, I mean... And that's kind of the way it is with guys and girls. You know, they can't just be friends. They got, if there's a romance, they're an attraction. You gotta, you gotta let them know. Whatever. So he tells her that she, he loves her, and you can kind of get. You, at least I get the feeling that she loves him back, but she's upset with him because of the fact that she's this lesbian. Air quotes lesbian. Well, no, she's not really true. She, she, she can't. She, she wouldn't even think about it because she's afraid of messing up her whole relationship she has with everybody else in her life. Because, like you saw when she told the people at her party how upset they were. They were devastated. And she's like, man. Yeah, but in high school, she was finger cuffs. (laughs) And finger cuffs, she got that nickname because there was... uh, I don't know if you should have. Yeah. Tell that story. We're spoiling it. Yeah, we're it. All right, all right. Are we just telling what the movie yeah, is, or are we going to just talk about what we like? We're, we're talking about we're right right now, why we think this film is like... Yeah, well, no, I, I'm, I'm explaining... It feels like we're just narrating the movie for people. We'll see it, because we're about to... I'm explaining the... scene opens. I'm, I'm trying to explain the finger quotes. New York Comic Con. I'm, I'm explaining the finger quotes on lesbian. The reason I say quote unquote lesbian is because in high school she did she committed a bunch of sexual acts with guys. That's she committed them. She she, she, committed she was an experimental <laughs> youth. She, was she experimented to them. with her sexuality. That's kind of like the theme of this this movie. Right. What well, the the theme of this movie is your perception that. of how you cope with dealing with someone's own you know, someone's own perception of the world view that, you know, you might not have. What you think is crazy and obscene, or the you know, is just something they, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, the standard. 
and you know having the character not able to deal with her decisions in life screwed up a good opportunity for him just because he couldn't get over which is basically it's just in his mind really you know because i mean you know everybody has a past you know if you dig too much into someone's past you know yeah no i think I mean, I think I think the theme the theme of this movie pretty much like just revolves around that whole like because everybody when it comes to relationships, you know, you're always like, you know, it's like a person's past. Do you like that? You know, like it's like, oh man, how many people have they slept with? And and you know, like how many dicks did you suck? Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. you know, that's, what is that from? That's, that's from clerics. Okay, there you go. Yeah, he did touch on that kind of paranoia, the, the you know, <laughs> letting an idea fester in your mind in that movie as well. So, I mean, it's kind of just that, that just a person's past and you gotta, and, and you know, Bob comes with, you know, Ke- Bob, who's played by Kevin Smith, comes up Silent with, like, Bob. this, like, you know, quote and this story that pretty much just... You can't up. judge someone for who they were. You can only judge them for who they are currently. You know, just because they did something in the past, it doesn't right. make them who they are permanently. Right. You know, it doesn't scar you for life. All your, all your, you know, mistakes and all you know, it just makes you who you are. Right. So you got to look past like, that. And, yeah. You know, and and I think, and, and I think it's it's relevant because like in the nineties, like oh, so many people were having sex. <laughs> Especially like in the nineties, that's when like I don't think so. There was less nudity in movies in, in the nineties. In the nineties, that's when like nudity, like nudity came like out. The more gay culture was like starting to really kind of come out of the closet <laughs> and be o- more open. You know, like like in right. the eighties, it was kind of like still hush hush. But in the nineties, they were kind of starting to come out in the clo- of the closet, and more people were realizing. I mean, this that like culture culture was starting to come out there and it and everybody was having to you know our culture was basically having to deal with with that um that's why like aids was such a big deal in the 90s like a huge deal in the 90s yeah but i mean with this film it's it's almost like the the message that i get from it is that you can't put those labels you know like you can't She's just a person. She's not. She's not gay. She's not a lesbian. She's experimenting as a person. She's being free. You know, what I mean, because with her past or her current, and who knows where this, well, where this character is going to go in the future. If you believe in the view askew universe, and she continues on, but there's, I don't know. I mean, she's in all the movies. She shows up in Jane Silent Bob Strike. Is back. she? Is she still with? Well, She's uh, a lesbian, still. Yeah, she's she's still that same character in in Melissa her. Jones. Yeah, I just I don't you know I mean I guess I I don't know I <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shoots my theory to shit. Because yeah, I think she much. said that she you know in her formative years she was experimental, but she like defines her you know she's labeling herself as a lesbian. Right. But she just she's never wants she you know, she, she has that store that monologue where she you know never wanted to limit herself to finding that one person. And she realized you know, that's what she was doing when she got pissed at him because obviously she identified as gay at that point. She was pissed at him for uh, him making her uh, for him challenging that. 
And then she realized that that was kind of what why she went uh, open the door to women, as she said, so that she wouldn't be bound by those limitations to find the right person. Right. Yeah. She's kind of in a, in a weird way. It's like unbreakable. She's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> She's trying to find the one. Whoa! Wow! Wow! Okay, like the flip side of this movie that I really like is okay. On the other hand. You got Holden and his uh, his friend uh, Banky. They've got this comic book, and they're, it's doing extremely well. And it's starting to get like so big that they're gonna start talking about you know cartoons and stuff and this crazy relationship. You know, Banky sees how it like threatens you know a career that these guys like built together. You know, they do this work together. They're partners, and. You know, at the time of this, like, big cartoon uh, deal, that's when he's getting in- involved in this very, like, sticky, just tricky relationship that Banky almost calls from the start that is just like, man, you know, you're you're relatively conservative, you know. You know, <laughs> stuff she's done, you've only thought about, you know. You're going to have to face it as a reality every day and not get, you know, not be weirded out when you hear some of the stuff you're going to hear around her or, or whatever. He and. tries to blow it off. He tries. I mean, like it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, Holden's really conservative. Banky's his best friend, so like, you know, Banky as his best friend, a knows that Holden like pretty much probably fucks up most relationships that he gets into. He's conservative, so he knows like he already knows from the start. This is chances are this is gonna go sour pretty fast. Yeah, but the thing that attracts Holden to the relationship is the fact that it's like a you know, it's something a problem. That, yeah, it's, it's a problem to solve. Right. right. It's just like forbidden fruit, and yeah. it's just challenges, and it's forbidden. You know, it's just it's this like you know. Yeah. It's, it's why, ironic. It's why you date the crazy chicks. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm gonna date the crazy chicks because well, they're crazy. Right. And there's this like maybe I can make them normal and you know. Yeah, because early, early on, Banky talks about how you, you always choose the hardest way. You know, you, you make the you you give yourself these challenges to instead of choosing the easy path, you put these brick walls in front of you. Especially when you're building, you know, an actual successful career built on uh, like built on independent work, you know, and you're you know any sort of distraction can stop that workflow because it's independent. It's coming from you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. so that's why his his part where he's like it's not even about our well I mean he said it is about their friendship it's not just about the comics but but you know still they you know they they've become a, a an art team and created two successful characters that are giving them all this attention and yeah any, any sort of stopping that flow of work could like just screw up everything yeah you know especially if the relationship does sour, then they'd have to split the rights to their creations and like I mean, so it's kinda like, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about his relationship with a woman that is that is bisexual, I guess. And we're talking about his dissolution with his friend and the perhaps dissolution of their business. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that the dissolution of them, the two of them being friends, is always what comes first to Banky. Like, foremost. Of, like, you get this this weird vibe from from Holden that, like, he he's very aggressive towards Banky, where, like, Banky is just, like, this loyal dog, you know? I mean, like, no matter what, I think that he cares about the friendship first and the business second. 
and he's concerned about his friend getting involved and ultimately getting his heart broken by this chick because well, know, he literally Banky mentions like I always got your back and I think at the end of the movie near the end when you know Holden does this terrible thing of like this suggestion of <laughs> yeah uh, of geez. like a three way and that's just like one of the most it's like re, it re, it's an awkward scene that kind of reminds me of the awkward scene at the end of uh, Swingers it's it's a scene that comes out of nowhere yeah, yeah, but that is an odd thing. It like, almost comes out of nowhere because it's like against his own character. Yeah, I mean, it's like right. the character's been forced, you know, in his own way, forced himself into a mental box where the only way that he could think himself out of it was to come up with this like crazy somebody to get comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually, Which actually like I was sitting there. I'm like, this is like this is the shit. See, I don't know. I'm more, but I'm like, this is the kind of shit that David Cronenberg would take and like make a fucking horror movie out of it. I mean, like all of his like body horror movies comes from like articulating what's suggested <laughs> in that scene in some kind of like. We're gonna to get to know each other like in the flesh, like you know, we're gonna become part of each other in order to, you know, like this, you know, we're gonna fly. It's you know, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's it's strange because it comes right after he gets the advice from Silent Bob, like what to, exactly what. Yeah, to, just right? get over it. Just, well, just you know. Yeah, get over her past, and, you know, she's the one, so don't let her get away. Learn then, from my mistake. Yeah, yeah. he was hearing something else. Yeah, because you see it, like, the the scene is a total misdirection, because, like, you see Holden's face, and he's like, I got it, this makes sense, you know? Silent Bob's story of what happened to him is going to, I'm going to better myself from that. I'm going to learn from this. And then he just goes and completely blows it. Like, and that was the first time that Silent Bob, like, spoke in a movie, Right. No, 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 no. He, he says like one or two words. He, yeah? He's only ever really? said one. Or, he's only ever said no, one. Or two in words. Clerks, in Clerks, he does the whole. Well, I mean, yeah, one or two words. But in Clerks, he does the whole like, you know, not every woman brings you lasagna. Most of them just cheat on you. I mean, he has like a sentence or whatever. Uh, okay. I think I think Mallrats he does just say, well, he just says, uh, do or do not, or no, no, uh, adventure. Uh, Excitement, Jedi craze, right. these okay, things. Yeah. But this is, yeah, probably, I guess his first long-winded speech. This is his prof- most profound of, like... So in until and Silent Bob Straight Back, I mean, is he, like, just talking all the time? No, but yeah. he does yell. Yeah. No, well, at the end, I like how he spills out the actual the actual likeness rights to the movie producers. Right. He's like, no, man, when you enter into an agreement with us, <laughs> like, I mean, the, he... Yeah, it's pretty. He's like that was for the comic book. The movie option is a separate thing that you does, that right. we deserve proper. That's kind of the only part of the movie I, I actually like of James Strikes Back. But we'll get into that into the in the uh, second part of the conversation. I, I, I like that in Dogma. What is it? No ticket. <laughs> no, no ticket, ticket. from uh, no Indiana Jones. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop so. By, uh, so, uh, Travis, I actually wanted to ask you about, like, the whole comic book appeal of this film. Very major comic book appeal. Like, does does that the add... The comic book character is Bloodman and Chronic is uh, drawn by... Yeah, it definitely adds, because it's kind of like, this is why he's kind of a, you know, a pop culture, you know, icon to the comic industry, just because he was able to actually, like, put that voice behind, you know... Even like the, the titles of Mallrats, I want to say, are all comic art too, right? Yeah, they're all comic art by you know. He's made sure to put like comics 
in like everything. I mean, he reflects his own personality. He's almost like he's almost like the uh, I don't know, comic stoner's Woody Allen to me. Yeah, just because he you know he puts himself so clearly in a lot of his work. His dialogue is very smart and snappy. Just because I heard him as him and his fathers were like big readers or whatever, mm-hmm. so he's very. It always feels like all of his characters are you know speaking his mind. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. articulate. That's yeah. what I was telling Arian earlier. I, it's like I don't they don't sound like they're individual characters. It sounds like they're it's like he's having conversations with himself. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. very easy to pin you know to spot kind of like you can, you can spot Quentin Tarantino dialogue. You yeah, can spot right. Kevin Smith dialogue anyway. Yeah. I think yeah. he's a better writer than he is a director. Right. I, I think, think he would agree with you. Well, I'm just curious if has any yeah, other directed uh, something that he wrote other than you know, no he's directed something he's that somebody else he's a pretty big control freak he's, written, he's written stuff that never got produced by other people oh, like yeah, he talks about what busing yeah. a script he wrote after Clerks the Superman and all that stuff he, he was about, supposed yeah. to direct those right? wasn't he or yeah he was supposed to I think <laughs> he wrote he wrote some Degrassi Degrassi the next generation did he write it? I don't know if he wrote it or if they just starred in it. They might have just co-starred him and Jason Mewes. Really? Yeah, they might have just co-starred. I'm okay. not positive about that though. I never like delved into that. He, he <laughs> definitely not... gave notes on the story. There's a there's a he tells a story on uh, Evening with Two about Degrassi. Is it is it Degrassi? Yeah, I always say it, Degrassi. It, it, I don't. Has everybody seen all of Kevin Smith's movies? No. No. Nope. I I have. I, I, think so. I don't think so. I think I including Cop Out. Okay, I haven't seen Cop Out. Cop Out is I'll apparently his best movie. Like the other ones, no way. No, no, way. no, no, no way. Uh, Financially, I was looking at is it. No, no way. Really? All of his movies? No, it's and Zach like, and Mary, isn't it? No, it was Zach. Cop Out was number one. Zach and Mary was like really underperformed. Uh, no, it, it very much underperformed. I guess uh, if Cop Out did better than Zach and Mary, yeah, which I think it did. You're right, but Zach and Mary was his highest grossing movie to at that point. The highest grossing Kevin Smith movie uh, at that prior point. Prior to Kappa? Prior to Kappa, yes. Uh, and, uh, I thought, well, I remember, the thing I remember about Zack and Mary was... Uh, it opened on Halloween weekend and nobody went. Yeah, nobody went. And they had to, like, change the title, I think, on either some of the ads. Like, it was just Zack and Mary instead of Zack and Mary. Any ads that ran before 9 o'clock, they could only call it Zack and Mary. Yeah, but in some newspapers, too. I remember yeah, oh, no, yeah, a lot of stuff. And billboards. And that's why, that's yeah, where the six-figure ad campaign title. came from. Yeah. Yeah, even though Zach and Mary feels like a <laughs> John Apatow. Right? See, yeah, that's, 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 that's too, what yeah. everybody says, but it's I don't just think because so. of the, the people in it. I think. Yeah, yeah. and he'll even say that like, he was kind of uh, he was aping Apatow with that. I mean, that's why really? that's why Rogan was in it. So I never but, read that. So what's what's the deal? Like, what was he was insecure with his own brand of basically? Uh, yeah, I think he's and that's why he's me. right. And so he he wrote this and cast Rogan because. I mean, he loved Rogan as an actor, but he cast Rogan because he wanted to be kind of part of that Apatow thing. And Craig and Robinson, right? Right, and Craig Robinson, and it totally didn't pan out whatsoever. He'll, he says it's, uh, um, he, that's, he was just trying to be part of that. It didn't, it was well, a personal film. I think film. he's been trying to make safe bets ever I think, since I think, uh, Jersey Girl. That's what they're they're all like, like, he's trying to make They're just bet. templates that they think, oh, we just want to make some money. So they don't pan out, so that's why they keep on going back to clerks and saying they're not going to do clerks and going back to clerks. And yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay, so I got the rundown. Cop Out is his highest grossing movie ever. 
Zack and Mary, Dogma, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back all made about the same amount of money, followed by Jersey Girl, then Clerks 2, Chasing Amy, Clerks, Mallrats, and then Red States, like, made a million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Because they self-distributed that. Right. Like, I don't even care. I'm just going to put this out in theaters myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the last movie. Yeah, but I'm sure, well, like, this is, like, theatrical about gross. Somebody. Well, not doing he's he's a hit, hit somebody who's going to be yeah, a, a mini series last time I checked. Oh, that's right. I did hear that. And Clerks yeah. 2 be the last one. Are both uh, people from Clerks? Like, I'm uh, sure. See, he's, uh, what's his name? Mm. Uh, Jeff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Randall? Uh, yeah. yeah. I thought oh, Randall didn't want Randall. Randall didn't want to do two. Yeah, he doesn't, he's not right. a really actor. No, he's like, yeah, he doesn't want to do three. He's not in for three right now. And if really? He, I'm yeah, sure he will be. Well, uh, no, nah, because they barely got him to do two, but he's right yeah, now he's, he's not in for three. Too. Like, he's not doing it. Because he, he's, he's not three. doing Or he said, well, I mean, I'm sure if he, Fuck, man, if he likes the script. If you don't get him to do three, then what, what, like if they can't get Randall playing. Yeah, right. right. No, he said if you can't get him, he's not going to do it. Like He's going to release it as a book. Or a series of really? releases as a book. I know uh, Jason Mewes is producing an animated uh, mm-hmm. Jane Silent Bob movie. The Super Groovy movie? movie? Jane Silent Bob Super Groovy cartoon movie. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about a release. Alright, so what's everybody's favorite Kevin Smith movie? Let's name them all first. Yeah, oh, Clark, we, we just did. Did, did you did. name them all? Yes, yeah, we did. Oh, he did them in order. Maybe I have, <laughs> maybe I have seen them all at this point. You went backwards. Yeah. Well, by gross. Gross. By gross. Let's do them by release. Yeah. Or uh, by uh, clerks. Clerks. Dogma. No. Or no. Uh, sorry, Mallrats, which I hate. Then it's Jay and Silent Bob, right? I think so. Jay and Silent Bob is specifically yeah, weak. Jersey Girl, yeah. then Clerks 2, Jersey then Girl. Zach and Mary make a porno, then Cop Out, then Red State. Yep. Alright, favorite Kevin Smith movie. Hmm. Brent, go. Uh, well, strangely enough, I'd probably say Clerks 2 is. Really? I do like yeah. Clerks 2. Really? I do like I, I like I like Randall, and I, I think... Yeah, I think his character in that movie is phenomenal. Oh, but um, his speech about like the fucking moreover and yeah, and he's like, I just made so some love. It's a really cheesy love <laughs> story. So bad he There's a yeah, musical well, number though. Potato. There, there is yeah, it was just uh, right, I don't know. Okay. Oh, um, favorite might be I think it might be Dogma. I think Dogma is my favorite. Just because I like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as angels killing people. <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah. But I think Dogma might be my favorite. I was thinking about that during the movie because Matt Damon has, and Chasing Amy has like a cameo. But uh, how great would it be if like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's careers took like this totally different path and they were like this comedy team duo? Like, <laughs> you know, like not the acclaimed actors or directors that Which they are. Probably would have been Will Hunting. Right. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> 
Well, they they still do those comedy uh, comedy skits on Jimmy Kimmel all the time. They do. That's true. Yeah. That that Matt yeah. Damon taking over Kimmel was pretty funny. And then there's uh, Ben Affleck and Kimmel. Yeah, he did his thing on that. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Travis, are you filming this? Man, no. I know. <laughs> it's just a mile. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say Clerks because I just thought Clerks was just you know his best you know random random events of of funny things and you know everything. I mean I think it's his like truest movie just because I think it's like closer to what he knew at the time when he was doing it. I mean and all this other stuff is kind of like I said you know Chasing Amy is really awesome, but after that everything is really just like by the numbers, this is what, like, a supposed Hollywood movie does, and I think it fails miserably. Like, I love Clerks, like, Clerks 2, I should have loved, like, the scene, thank you, the scene in the jail when Randall is telling, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Dante. Dante, how much, like, you know, how, you know, if he moves, he'll just, his whole life is, like, almost for nothing building this friendship. It's like, that was the point of the movie. But he tried to actually make the point of the movie about fucking Rosario Dawson, and they're it's like, uh, it's like I think he muddied the water with this Hollywood idea of what was going to make him money or what was going to please a crowd or whatever, versus the idea that it's about these two guys that have just always been together, and this one guy's doing everything just to get away and like leave their friendship or whatever, and you know, so I think he missed the point on Clerks too. I think he misses the point on a lot of his movies. Yeah, it's funny. You Anderson. see that? Jeff Anderson. That's his name. Jeff Anderson. There we go. <laughs> that's a callback to like eight minutes ago. Okay, yeah. continue. You see that friendship in Chasing Amy, too. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. he's afraid that, like, this chick is going to destroy their friendship. And that's, that's what I love about Kevin Smith, because even through Jay and Silent Bob, he knows how to build a relationship between two friends. You know, he knows how to build that, like, unbreakable bond where, you know, I mean, just like Jay says, this is my hetero life partner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because, got I mean, Jason Mewes. Yeah. yeah, it's something where there's a there's a friendship. Because, I mean, hell, I mean, yeah, if you know about, you know, the Kevin Smith relationship with Jason Mewes, there is that bond, you know. It's like... And they have been through some shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, Kevin Smith helps Jason Mewes, like, you know, through and through, you know. Yeah, there's a story in his, um, uh, one of his books called Me and My Shadow, Him, his story about him and Jason Mewes. It's pretty great, actually, about Jason Mewes' addiction to, to drugs and everything. Yeah, well, he, he didn't read it. And they, they talk a lot about that mm-hmm. in Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, one of their many podcasts. Yeah. But, I mean, just basically the reason they started that podcast was to keep Jay off of drugs, keep him clean, and give him, you know, something to focus on. Oh, because he needs, like, some kind of creative outlet. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they could have been Jay and Silent Bob for years and years and years. I mean, they really could have. I mean, they really yeah. could have, like, milked it. Yeah, but you know, Jason Muse's performance is could have. Kinda... I don't think they've been milking it. I, mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they've been able to milk it to the best of their abilities because nah, of it. Jason you know? Muse is kind of like off the whales, right? Not anymore. He's, he's been clean for like two or three I years. Mean, that is why he's had to go to all these other things. The I'm not going to do the Jay and Silent Bob is because he can't. He can't. 
Jason yeah. Mears is, was too much of a mess. He just couldn't. Yeah. So he couldn't rely on his two, like, fabulous characters. Because, I mean, let's face it, when you come up with fabulous characters, you know... That's why they're not in No one wants to see Laurel and Hardy come up with other stuff. They're, they're not in Jersey Girl because of uh, Jason Mears' drug problem. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just such a mess at the time. He's like, dude, you're not in it. I can't work with you for mm-hmm. this, so... Because, yeah, even on, I think, I don't know if, it, was it Clerks 2 or was it before that, maybe Mallrats or Chasing Amy, where they had to, like, basically police him, you know. James Silent Bob Strike Back. James Silent Bob Strike Back. That's, That's the one where they had to, yeah, yeah. that was the big well, problem. even yeah. on this, you know, just watching it tonight, I was like, is he wearing, like, eyeshadow or something? I mean, like, his whole eyes are, like, <laughs> so, you know, just kind of sunken and half shut. I mean, he just kind of looks kind of rough. Yeah. And it seems to me there was something I saw him in where he looked even rougher than that. And he's, yeah, he's... Well, Clerks too. he's pretty... I mean, even though he's sober in Clerks too, he looks... You can just tell, you know. You can just tell. <laughs> he's yeah. having a hard time, you know. Well, the cool thing is, well, I think what helps him is talking about it on the podcast because, like, he tells, like, these, you know, stories, these candid stories about his addiction and, like, he... Like, the stuff, the, the stories he has are pretty incredible, you know. I mean, like... Anything from shooting up heroin in a bathroom, you know, at some nightclub while people are trying to get in and take a shit and like just stuff. And the girls, you know, he's always had a thing for the for the ladies. And there's just he's very, very honest and open with all that stuff. And I think it just helps, you know, they stand up on a stage at the Smodcast Theater and just talk about it. The Smod Castle. No, it's it's no longer. Oh no, it's the uh, it's the John, Lovitz Theater. John Lovitz Theater. Smart Castle. That place was. I went to that like the opening night they had it in L.A. That yeah. place was pretty fun. Mm. It was a was nice theater. Place. It was a little black box theater on like Santa Monica Boulevard. Fit like fifty seats. They decked it out, Kevin Smith style. It was you know it was a fun place for a while. They ran it for about a year before they shut it down and moved it out because they kept didn't have enough space. Yeah. For the crowd. Yeah. So where are they now? Uh, the John Lovitz Theater. I believe they still do it from there. Oh, that's... Okay. I that's, believe. I haven't listened to any of this podcast in actually quite a while. Like, after... Uh, uh, Smodcast, like, one thirty ish and then I stopped listening regularly. So, I... Okay, I have to come clean. Uh-oh. Part... Part... Uh, part... What? Colin has to tell us what his... Yeah, let me, uh, let's... Before we come clean... Oh, Colin, we got a Colin. Okay, I got a favorite Kevin Smith movie. Favorite Kevin Smith movie. Well, I mean, it's Red State, I think, but Travis Owens made me change my mind. My first experience was with Clerks, and at the time that I saw that movie, I mean, that one talked to me, because I had that position, basically, in the video <laughs> store. And it was one of those things where it seemed like, you know... It was you. Yeah, I mean, because I was sitting there going, like, I could have made this movie. And, like, how come it didn't, you know, come to me to make this movie? It's like, you could just go and do it. And, you know, you find out the story of how he went and did it. And it was right around that time when, like, indie film was, like, breaking all over the place. I mean, it just seems like it was Robert Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, and uh, Quentin Tarantino. Ironically, all backed by Miramax. So they became celebrity, you know, indie film directors because Harvey yeah. Weinstein, wow. <laughs> Weinstein went and, uh, you know, right. and friends, they all show their movies to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were all like, like, it's like, like graduating class, right? right? I mean, yeah, it's the Spielbergs and the. Right, yeah, it's a whole new. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zotrope, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was a Spielberg. But, you know, it's like as time goes by, I don't know, t- comedy's not really my thing. I mean, I went, I went, I stuck with him through Chasing Amy, I think. And Chasing Amy was. You know, like Mallrats, I just hated it. So uh, yep. I hated it. Michael Chiklis, funny. And, uh, 
And I saw Chasing Amy, and I thought that that was his uh, best movie in that point. And I pretty much uh, abandoned him after that. And then, uh, don't worry, I'm getting really close. Yeah, Rooker. Michael Rooker. And then, uh, Colin is talking. Yeah, and then uh, Red State, I would say, is because he was doing something different, because I really got tired of, like, Jay and Silent Bob. You know, I mean, like, Dogma, I just thought was crazy, self-indulgent. Didn't see Jay and Silent Bob. And he said he was doing anything after he did after that. But he said he was doing something different with Red State. And so, you know, I went and checked it out. And that movie was like, the fact that you, you know, for somebody coming into it who is not a a voice in that genre, like managed to subvert expectations pretty much every step of the way because he brought his, like, you know, comedy timing to it. But he was doing stuff like, you know, with the thriller. And I thought yeah. it was his best directed, yeah. you know, best, uh, you know, I mean, he had, like, his best crew, probably. And, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would call it his best writing, but, you know. It's still different. Yeah, I he, think he, it, that, that, that he could do different stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I think he pulled it off, like, really well. Like, you should find this movie. I don't only made, like, a million dollars, but, I mean, if you, even if you don't like Kevin Smith, you know, I think you should see Red State. It's like his version of The Hostel. Yeah, and it's weird that it only made a million dollars because I feel like like everybody should have seen it. You know, like it. I see it all the time, like on you know web banners and stuff. It's always advertising for. Yeah, that's always that's where they. I think it was on money. Netflix for a while. It's yeah, but I mean, it's just when when you look at the you know how much a movie made, they're only reporting theatrical grosses. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you know the money was made in like the video on demand. That's why I thought they did a good job making the uh, cover and the poster of Red State almost look like the like. Yeah, it does. Uh, it looks like wrong, uh, what, 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 rest uh, stop and uh, yeah, rest those stop type and of movies. Like, Attention and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like it can confuse you into thinking that it was a straight out well, out horror movie. Like I said, I think it pr- like I, you know, it depresses me that he has he had all these like you know cool comic book properties that people were ready to have him write and direct, and he just didn't believe in himself and didn't do it. You yeah, know, maybe you at that, the- you're like he probably actually could have brought some like I liked it because he was he wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah. And when he wasn't trying to be funny, he was like. When he was serious, I mean, he's zeroing in on a target, which was pretty much the Westboro, you know, Baptist, Baptist Church, and, like, just yeah. extremist, uh, you know, thought. You know, he, like, went right in and, like, knew what he was doing and was, like, very self-assured, which I think was what you're saying, what he lacked in everything after Jersey Girl, you know, where he was, like, not really sure of himself, and you could feel it, you know, in watching the movie. But in Red State, he, like, had it, you know? It's yeah. like, I know what I'm doing, and I'm fucking going after these guys, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's his best. Because he. Oh, sorry. Well, no, I won't. I let Tom talk, but uh, real quick, I just wanted to say that I think that he does. He he pays too much attention to the critics, you know, and what they say, and he lets that affect his uh, his his uh, self esteem, I guess, for making a film, you know. And that's why he made Zack and Mary. Right. You know, stuff like that. Although I do like Zack and Mary. See, I, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen all of his movies, and probably the only movie I actually don't like of his is probably Zack and Mary. Really? Yeah, I don't really care for that one. My yeah, favorite good. movie of his is Clerks. I mean, it's a, that is a movie that. I think it's an age thing. I think I can, I can just, I can, I can sit down like, it's one of those movies that I can sit down and watch like at any time. And have a laugh right there. And have a laugh right, the just like. <laughs> Because, I don't know, it's just black and white, that's just snappy dialogue, I mean, 
I really like it. And um, it was the announcement of like a new voice, you know. It was. I mean, I, I do like Clerks 2, not as much as Clerks 1. Um, Dogma really speaks to me a lot. Yeah? Uh, just because I'm, I'm, you know, the, the whole Roman Catholic thing. And right. It's Rickman, isn't like, it? I just wish he had the budget for it. You know, I like in the movie a lot. I just wish he had the budget for it. Man, I just, I like, I like, um... And that was probably one of his bigger budgets. Yeah. I like how, how it's all just questioning religion and, and your belief system, and, and that kind of really relates to me. But then um, after he made that movie, he became an atheist. So what is what? that? What? I don't yeah. think that's true. He's not a Catholic. He's. I think he's recently. He said he's slowly. He, he said he's slowly turning into Scott Mosher, slowly getting towards uh, atheism and this stuff like totally that. It's pretty depressing. I don't want to talk about this guy's <laughs> actual faith. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm sitting here, I, I, you're schooling me tonight, and everybody seems to know everything there is to know about Kevin Smith. Except uh, well, that's the thing about <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith, right? I've I've never been a fan of the movies, to tell you the truth. Like that's not how I know Kevin Smith. I know Kevin Smith more through the evening wits and the podcast and the books. That's where my interest yeah, where all he does is talk about himself. So I mean, it's not only well, yeah, it is, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you get an understanding of the right. Man. But my introduction to Kevin Smith was evening with Kevin Smith when I used to run that on Showtime late at night. Yeah. That was the first thing I ever watched by Kevin Smith, and I discovered the movies after that. That's how I know him, and that's how I like him better as more of the stand-up storyteller, hmm. if you will. That's why I like yeah. The Evening List, the podcasts. Um, I've read a couple of his books. But I'm more a fan of those than his movies because I, I don't think his movies are that great. Uh, well, I guess this is going to... Did you say what your favorite one was? I, I did say Clerks, and I guess this is going to... Brett has to get his point across. <laughs> no, we got to talk about what Sean just said. Then, <laughs> that's, that's well, the I think this, 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 he opened up the door to what we like to refer which we termed as the 90s stink. Uh-oh, no. <laughs> and... Oh, uh, he started to because well, this is a new thing though because we've only established the eighties thing. Right. We, we established the eighties thing. So what is well maybe we should define the nineties stank? What are you talking about? Well I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> like what you guys were saying, oh my god, that's the night it's chasing Amy's definitely has the nineties stank going on and the whole movie I'm like, I love the nineties stank. Time's gonna get loud. Yeah. Yeah. Right and as we as as we you all know, as faithful listeners all know, I hate the eighties. We know that. We're, we've covered that. But Do as, you, as I'm gonna that. drop the bomb on the listeners I love the 90s. <laughs> and you, you love the 90s so much that you enjoy the 90s. I do enjoy the 90s. What you guys are like, oh, oh, man. You're, so you're like unaware of 90s stink when you're like looking right at it. No, no, I'm, I'm like He's very aware, aware. and he beams in it. Like, yeah, you're like, I wish it could be the 90s. 90s stink is worse than 80s stink. Like, like, That's like. That's the worst. Like, like, I'm, I'm going to throw lots of Clothes were just a tad bigger. <laughs> People wore clothes aside. Wait, no, in the early 90s. <laughs> like, okay, well, take a screen, like, for example. It's way overlit. Love it. There's kind of like, women had bangs. Love it. I love the bangs. Everybody smokes like... Everybody <laughs> smokes, in, like, especially in like indie films where it's teenagers, you know? Yeah. Everybody's smoking. 
they were smoking in bed chasing you. I'm like, man, I don't smoke anymore, but like, I want to have a cigarette right now. <laughs> That's like a 30 something thing, you know? I mean, it's like the 30 something characters. I, I think that comes from oh, like you singles. singles. Yeah. yeah. It was just- that's exactly what it's from yeah. because Kevin Smith he saw that movie and he was like I could do this and he started making oh really movies. yeah no he, no he saw Slacker oh Slacker Slacker is yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah. like I could yeah. do that for thirty thousand dollars yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what movie yeah. is like an awesome ninety stank movie She's Johnny Mnemonic Johnny Mnemonic boom wow boom. That's a forgettable movie <laughs> yeah. not even you, it's a stanky movie but <laughs> <laughs> Bless me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I like, it, every 90s movie had, like, some cool, like, alternative indie rock going on. Yeah, there were no, like, musical scores. Or the greatest music. They just, like, they would actually get rid of the score to a movie and replace it with, like, some mighty guys. rock. Uh, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a Kurt Cobain impression. Well, yeah, there's like there's like, like, This doesn't have a score. Chasing Amy didn't have a score. No, Because see, nineties were big on Sony on the soundtracks. Yeah. Like, man, like a fucking oh, oh so yeah, like awesome Empire Records soundtrack because that was like the shiznit. I mean, that's a nineties phrase. Oh, I love that. That was the shiznit. 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 I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. Of, <laughs> you can you can put those in there a little more. Time. So I'm, I'm going to guess that you were you were your formative years were that in. Yeah, I mean, and the reason I would say like you know because it's like the '90s were my my formidable years where I'm like a teenager. Formidable years. And that's where like it's your like high school, teenager. You're in your high school. That's where like stuff's like influencing your decisions on your taste in music and your taste in movies and and taste in entertainment yeah. and your opinion. That's where that stuff. When you're in your high school and stuff, I disagree. I I disagree. I I think it's I think it's like from zero to ten, and I only say that because that was the '80s. That was when I was young, and I was like my brain was forming. So are you are you are you insulting me and saying my brain did not develop? No, I stopped at 10. I proved I've got Arrested Development, too. It's Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, all the way. Robocop, all the way. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Like, I don't remember anything from, like, 11 to, say, 18, but that... What the hell? I grew up with that. You know what? I got a bunch of lips in the house. No matter what everybody else does. Oh, I like the Alice in Chains. Oh, my God. That's junky music. Dude, I came out of the heavy metal 80s. So there was like, Alice in Chains was the heaviest thing. Because, like, you had, what, like, the cranberries? Yeah. 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 No, you're just not even talking about metal, man. That's all. That's all there is. Alice in Chains and the Cranberry. Nothing else. There's the breeders. Oh, I remember the breeders. All right. This is starting to become a horrible podcast. <laughs> I guess 
supposed to know Well, this is what Kevin Smith brings back to us. Because that was his most most active period. Well, those were his formidable years, too. So Formative. Formative. the podcast. I've made the mistake, too. Sean is the youngest. I am. So, what were your... There was a take there where we had to check and make sure that was the right word we were using. Formative or formative? You know what? You keep doing it. I'm going to screw it up at some point. Like, you're formable. Fuck. We're going to get a sign. Well, you're formable. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty formidable right now. That'll be a green circle around formative and a slack. You're young and spry. So I mean, like, what 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 were your years? I mean, like, are you, you 2000 boy? No, I'm a, I'm a 90s kid, I would say. Um, well, when, when, when were your, when did you graduate high school? Uh, 2004. Jesus. Yeah, but fuck high school. Like, that's, that's just gonna make us all feel. Developing your like. <laughs> yeah, but no, I didn't. I don't. I don't know how to. Well, I don't know. I want to get back to the fact that. Uh, you sat here on this chasing Amy podcast and I said did, yes. Said that you do not like Kevin Smith films. I don't. I uh, I stand beside you, sir. <laughs> and this is what I've got. This is my big question, actually. For that, I've got a second hey, question. To his question. <laughs> Being as you like Kevin Smith, but not his movies, is this like a case of like the celebrity of modern like? You know, he's a popular yeah, indie filmmaker, so you appreciate the fact that he. Well, he was know. even saying that he learned, he he knows him more as a stand-up comedian who makes movies. I mean, that's basically it. Like I knew when I watched when I was like I said when I was first introduced to Kevin Smith, it was the evening with the first one, and I knew. Um, I think I knew of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back at the. At the time, and I think that was it. kid. And I think that was it at the time. Like, hey, I'm young, man. Give me a break. <laughs> I haven't experienced as much. But I think that's that's the only film I knew of at the time, and um, so I didn't get obviously every reference from the Evening Wisp. But that's what I grew up with. That's what I was introduced to him uh, with was those. And then so, I discovered the movies afterwards. So you're saying you saw Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back before you saw that might yeah that was probably the first Kevin Smith films. yeah that was probably well, the first uh, Kevin Smith movie that was what shaped your opinion on well, Kevin Smith well, well no here's the, here's the thing though I mean like you were yeah. you were watching an inside joke that you didn't you weren't inside of right like, which yeah. I which, <laughs> which I which I watching Chasing Amy for the first time like a lot of stuff clicked. <laughs> But I didn't uh, form an opinion about his movies just from Jay and Silent Bob. Like, I, think, I don't know how young I was because I'm horrible with shit like that. Um, but, uh, uh, Sucking on your mom's teeth, we know. Yeah, exactly. I was doing that. Um, <laughs> that was basically my, like, 1 through 12, sucking on my mom's teeth, watching Kevin Smith. That was basically my first 12 years of life. There you go. Now um, your formidable years. Yeah, my formidable years. <laughs> formidable. That's all it was. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good old days. Right, um, I'm going to retract my statement where I was agreeing with you saying that all Kevin Smith movies are bad. I didn't say they were bad. Right. I didn't just I, not very good. No. I, you know, they're not bad. I just don't like them. 
I do. No, I like some of Kevin Smith's movies, but I don't. He's not one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, I I like to watch his movies, but I again a big thing with me is like going back and watching him again. But I don't get that with a lot yeah, of Do you movies. get like all the you know? Because when I watch a Kevin Smith movie, I know all the character relations, like who they're related to throughout the other movies. I know, you know, I know. Alyssa Jones from Chasing Amy is is the sister of the girl writing the adult book, the 15-year-old writing the adult book in Mallrats. Uh, Brandy Spenning, that she had the conversation when she when 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 Banky said he was going down on Brandy Spenning, and the father came in. That is the girl and the father, the game show, uh, the guy that runs the game oh. show in Mallrats. Oh, you know, all, their, not all, their, all their stories, you know, I know all their relations. I'm not. I don't know. Right. I know a good amount of it. I don't know it that as deep yeah, as I don't you know do. That, I mean, like while I was watching this, I'm like, oh, that name sounds familiar. I remember that person or. Like, like, I remember right a lot of stuff, and I know how I know how the names in the movies relate to the people. I know more about how the names in the movies relate to the people in real life that he knows, where they came from, inspirations, people he knew in real life who played the act, uh, played the characters in the movies. Hmm. That's more what I know. I think yeah. that's weird. It's very weird. It's a very very. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his work, but I know the man. Right? No, <laughs> no, and that is that's that's no, very weird. Yeah. No, it's it, weird. It makes not, it's not a man before. Oh, what? He makes movies. Right? <laughs> no, 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 Evenings with Kevin Smith for so long now that oh yeah, I mean, like five old right and like how many podcasts you know I mean like that's his new avenue that's like right. the way his career and I think, that's and I, think I'm, I can't think that I'm the only one like a lot more people are going to be introduced I think more people will be introduced through it well, that know. way than I think than how you were maybe yeah like through yeah well, especially what he does now out, you know his output is you know. Theatrical output is so slow. very minimal compared yeah. to everything else he does. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and I think more people will discover him that way yeah. and go back and watch the movies. All I think right. more people are going to discover him the way I did versus the way you did. But yeah, I think yeah. that's an age thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of his yeah. movies, yeah. you know, like a lot of his movies have specific messages and specific themes. They do, and they're like largely directed toward like thirty something. You know, like his age group and like. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. It's just like boom. Yeah. It's just it's like his viewpoint, and his viewpoint is pretty much our age. Right. I was yeah. gonna say he's not a filmmaker yeah, so, from my generation. No. Right. No. He's definitely a filmmaker for our generation. Yes. There's at least three guys here that feel old. Now. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Travis? Is he a filmmaker for your age? Well, he's not even only a filmmaker for my generation, he's a filmmaker for my people, the comic yeah, book the people. Yeah, the comic book people. You know, the people that, you know. You've actually, yeah. like, read some of his comic books. And yeah, I've read, I've read a majority, except for his Batman. I haven't read his Batman stuff. Your I don't, I don't like his Batman Whining stuff. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like his Batman stuff. I really, the only thing I really loved of his, he did a Daredevil series that was awesome, that just used all his, all his religious knowledge. Was that Guardian Devil? Maybe I don't know the name of the store. I just know the comics. I just read that it could be called Guardian Dello. I think it was Guardian. Because I mean, I've got the trade paperback sitting at home. I don't know what the what it's called, but 
It's actually the best Mysterio story I've ever read. You know, Mysterio, the Spider-Man villain that, oh my God, it, it's brilliant. Like, that is like Kevin Smith's me. To me, that is like his best comic work because it's like, oh, to make Mysterio a cool villain, <laughs> to find a way to make him an awesome villain. I knew plus he gave Daredevil this fucking conundrum where this girl comes to him with a baby and says, like, this baby, you know, I gave birth to this baby, you know, without being with a man, it's, you know, immaculate conception or whatever, and, you know, you got to take care of it because the devil's after it. And then there's this, like, this, like, sweet old man that comes to Matt Murdock, and he's like, that baby's the Antichrist. You know, <laughs> it's like, so you've got to make a decision, you know. It's like, you know, you can either trust this girl or you can, you know, trust me, this sweet old man. It was awesome. It was awesome. One of them makes the most amount of dick jokes. <laughs> None of them. That was what's so beautiful about it. And this is actually why, what was, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, he did a Spider-Man story, which sucked. It just sucked. It was horrible. It was everything I did. It was everything Kevin Smith actually brings to the table, but it was so out of character for what you're used to reading in those sort of books that it's like, the supervillain, it's like Spider-Man crept up on the supervillain in his bed, and there's like a dummy in the bed, and the villain appears behind him, and he makes this crack about how Ferris Bueller was always like his favorite movie. It's like, that's not what I want, like, an intimidating supervillain guy to say or whatever. makes some fucking Ferris Bueller reference, you know? It was just like, how oh, that's just weak. It's just weak. That, that totally, I mean, that, that seals it. I can never, okay, so, going back to coming clean, my idea for this podcast was to, you know, watch a Kevin Smith film and then perhaps try and get it in his hands somehow so that he could listen to it. You're supposed to tell him that on the podcast. No, I am. <laughs> edit point Are you? Yes. You feel guilty? Wait, I, edit point one. No. no I can ruin that. No, because here's the thing, and I knew this was going to happen. I can never send this to him. Ever. Because, I'm good. like... Well, maybe I will. Well, I don't know. Be even harsher than if you're actually saying it all. Yeah, be, because at be the end of that Spider-Man story, he also had the goddamn villain like molest his younger brother, and they're both adults at this end. And I was like, what the fuck? Another like weird sex thing from Kevin Smith. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that because Kevin Smith. That's that's you know, I mean, he's very very open about like sex, human sexuality. It's yeah, and I don't yeah, like, it's like he's yeah. like the Spike Lee of of, uh, of uh, bisexuality. Yeah, but it's not like I mean, there's being open about it, and then just like you know, he makes because I've listened to some of his podcasts. I don't know, he was talking yeah. about something I wanted to hear, so whatever. I think it was Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Man. Yeah, he cries. And like the amount of podcast, bad movie. But it, it was just kind of shocking, you know, to movie. not like you know to live in it's Kevin Smith's movie. world and then to go and like listen to this. It's like this man makes a lot of like dick jokes with like every, every like it's a crazy amount, which I'm sure yeah. is like normal to him. And like if you listen to him all the time, it's like I'm sure it's like fine. But like when you're like just kind of like newly exposed <laughs> to it, you're like Jesus Christ. But he, he's got, like, a fixation. Yeah, the, the majority of it is about, like, eating out assholes and stuff like that. He does like, like to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, like, that's probably, like, 25% of his podcast. <laughs> but here's what he does like to do what? <laughs> <laughs> he does like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what I said, he, he likes to eat assholes. Yeah. 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 I've actually yeah. never listened to a Kevin Smith podcast. You haven't? I never have either. 
I, I've seen one of the evenings. Ninety-five percent of it is him talking about, about eating. Uh, like, I've like, seen one of the evenings with Kevin Smith, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, this is kind of boring." I don't get into people's personal life. Like, this is I mean, just like this it is. It's not because it was like I thought it would be like a stand-up and it'd be, be funny, but it's just him telling like. Kind of dumb stories. It's great. He's a good storyteller. Yeah, he is a good storyteller. He yeah. can take something that's dumb and he can he can tell the fucking story for like a half an hour, like well, thirty minutes. He does. All of his characters are very verbose. So I'm not I'm not really interested in hearing Kevin's. Like I don't know if I would be interested in like exactly why you like Kevin Smith. Like, I don't know if I'd be interested in reading a book, watching even with right. Kevin Smith, or listening to a podcast. I'd rather watch his movies and get it. Yeah, out. that's what I'm saying. Like, like, it, to the total at some point, it's like, what does it uh, matter who yeah. they are? You know, like, like okay, look at... I want to hear okay, about Okay, look, at, look at the case of, like, Woody Allen. You know, Woody Allen's this huge, like, black sheep because of, you know, his personal relationships, right? But that should have nothing to do with his goddamn films, right? You know, you should just be able to look at them for what they are, but people attach a personal relationship to the person, and then if they get smears or get whatever, then they try to write off their complete line of work. Like gay Busey? Yeah, well, yeah, or whatever, you know? Wait, whoa, well, so we just hear Allen, Gary Busey? Care, care, it's like, it's like, it makes it too easy for character assassination, you know, like Michael Jackson. You know, if people nowadays people want to try to damn you and try to Woody say Gary Busey, I'm saying we're talking about the in, the interest between getting behind who a person is beside their work. You know, right, do you like Michael Jackson because oh, he makes you, awesome music? Or right, it's or Michael like, Jackson. It's, like, oh, it's Michael you. Jackson, the pedophile, versus Michael Jackson, the musician. Wait, I have a uh, Michael Jackson. I got, no, I got no. a question. You got a better nail? No, well, I got something. I got, like, I got a question for Travis about separating the man from the work. Okay, so uh, in the case of Woody Allen, as far as I know, help me out. You're, you know his stuff better than I do. But does he have? Does he make movies about like romancing, you know, like younger women having? Always, he does. Always, (laughs) always. It's always about. It's always, but it's always about like younger. It's always about like teachers. Uh, Having affairs like, with ha- students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. always. Because wow. uh, Woody Allen does not hide away from his personality in his work. He's like, this is just what I prefer. Yeah, well, no, 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 because his characters always learn. Ever. His characters always learn the hard way as well, where sometimes the grass is green. You know, you leave your you leave your forty year old wife for your twenty year old student. That things don't work out because she is immature, you know. Where you've got, you've already, you have this mature woman that you seek, you know, people you can have conversations with, and you know. Yeah. So his characters always learn, or they don't learn, and things just fall apart, and they can't get back together with their wife. You know, that's why. I mean, yeah, you, have, you just have to watch him. But uh, yeah, he doesn't hide from his own perversions in his own. Well, I was bringing that up because there, uh, there was, uh, the, you know who Victor Salva is? Yeah, He's the director of uh, Jeepers Creepers and Clown House. Yeah, Clown House. Oh, my God. I like and, Jeepers Creepers. Uh, well, you know the director did? Right, you know what he did before Jeepers Creepers? He was in prison for molesting the young child star that was in Clown House. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, so then he makes powder. I still like Jeepers Creepers. That's what's right. That's what I was asking. When I was asking Travis about like Woody Allen's like what he's putting into his movies, you look at Jeepers Creepers, and that movie is about like this predatory creature that goes after <laughs> this young boy who like has wow. pink underwear. If you remember, they dye his underwear pink. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, he, like he, he like doesn't even see the sister. This thing doesn't even oh, see the Lord. sister. It's like, I'm totally going uh, after this boy. And I'm like, <laughs> Thank okay, you for ruining Jesus. I know, right? <laughs> so, I appreciate that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 I like that movie. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I never even thought and of that. I, I mean, like, convicted. I mean, I suppose... Uh, you got to about that. When was Woody Allen that he... Oh, that license plate just sounds dirty now. But wait, well, no, because there's nothing illegal about it. Okay, so what if she wasn't like? What if the filmmaker has done like a crime? Then like Roman Polanski, right? Yeah, that should have gone with that. Yeah, yeah. Just give him the best director Oscar and be done with it. Well, I don't know. I mean, so is that? But does that affect your idea of Roman Polanski's work? Well, I'm not analyzing it as far like with Victor Salva, it's like you, I can't help but see that in Jeepers Creepers, knowing who the guy is. You know, now they're kind of the guy. That's funny. Right? With right. Raymond Polanski, I guess I'm either not familiar with enough of his work. The yeah. stuff that I am familiar with, I don't see. You know, well, <laughs> like Gary Busey. Here we back. Get back to Gary. Right. Oh, <laughs> you go on Gary Busey. Like Gary Busey. <laughs> well, you get Gary Busey. I mean, he's crazy. Does that affect how he is in, say, yes, surviving the game? Yes, very effective. Yes, yeah. Right. before Joshua. like Gary Busey Joshua. really went off the deep end. That's like your ginger dead man or whatever. Gary Busey gone crazy. Gary Busey reality TV show. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Okay, well then, here, real quick, I'm going to do this. Uh, So the connection between Jeepers Creepers and bringing it back to Kevin Smith is Justin Long. It's true. Bam. And Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary. Yep. I like that movie. And Tom, I have a question for you because earlier you were talking about, kind of like what we're talking about with the Woody Allen films. it's Woody Allen's voice through his characters. You say that you don't want to watch like an evening with Kevin Smith, but let's just not say it's his voice. Maybe thoughts. Okay. You know, maybe it's just, this is what I believe. Okay, it's that's just fine. whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. But then you said that you would like to see more stories with Randall, but really, Randall is Kevin Smith. No, actually, Randall voice. is his, his friend. Voice. Brian, the guy with the long beard and right. comic book man, that right. is Randall. Brad Johnson. Yeah, that is Randall. <laughs> but within like a Kevin Smith script, like we were talking about, like all the characters are really Kevin Smith's voice. I mean, there's yeah, well, the like, the, like, the, anything, like the guys in Quentin Tarantino. Uh, the, sorry, the characters in Quentin oh, Tarantino yeah. movies all share his voice to a certain it's, extent, but he can at least, you know. I get the impression that those people, except when they all search different when people. they yeah they all different people except when they all confess for their love for vanishing point you know it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. it's clearly Quentin Tarantino coming through right. well, well, like separate was, people but in Kevin Smith's movies I don't necessarily get that it feels more like it's I don't know maybe, it, maybe yeah. it's just me I don't know it feels like it's a guy talking to himself when when Randall's when Randall's talking about how much he hates Lord of the Rings and he likes Star Wars I mean that's Kevin Smith. That's his voice. I mean, I don't 
Yeah, yeah, he's having an argument about, like, you know, Star Wars with himself, basically, and has to split it off into, into characters so right. he can write it. Okay. Yeah. I think right. yeah, I mean, because I think uh, I agree. I don't don't know, yeah, got, but I mean, I'm saying that, but I'm like, that's what writers do. Right. No, because he's yeah. got the opinion. Bad thing. No, he's yeah. got the opinion about it, but he needs someone else to bounce it off yeah, of, and yeah, that's yeah, where the other yeah. character comes from. Yeah. Well, what's going to be nice is just more in, like, a narrative form. Right. I was going to say, you can't just have a guy talking to himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just well, you like, can, because those are called an evening with Kevin Smith. Like, right. with these uh, with yeah. Kevin Smith are just, like, it's just, I don't know, I mean. So it's the fact that. I, I saw one of them all the way through, and, wait. Well, I think I saw, like, what was it? Hold that uh, microphone up to your mouth, young man. Was there one where it's, like. Fat and forty or too something. fat for forty. That yeah. would be the fourth one. Yeah. So you just want it in like a narrative, where you can hear a story about it, about like not it's not like from a guy. Genius but... when you think about it, he's like, I got tired of making these movies where I had to split myself into six different characters. Now I can just stand up on a stage and right. tell all this shit myself because I'm so awesome. And people want to hear what I have to say. Yes, and that's where so I'm confused. So like, I mean, the thing is, is like, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, because like, he's Batman on Batman. He is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Him talking about that. So, like, okay, the question I have to say is, is, like, Colin, then why can't you be doing what Kevin Smith does? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, yeah. What do you mean exactly? I think I know no, what he's saying. No, so, the answer podcast over, we're done. So, so, so Colin <laughs> makes movies, right? And, and then, like... You've made movies? Wow. <laughs> like, you know, you got this. I could be like, oh, I'm just going to do podcasts, and I'm just going to get in front of a microphone. Are we doing that? Movie. What do you think I'm doing right now? Yeah, what are we talking <laughs> about? Global no, I mean, like, okay, get in front of a stage and stand up in front of a camera. Because you put on the club. Who's good? They're going to be like, I'm not paying anything to see who's coming. No, the he's got to make more movies for the day. Kevin Smith made six movies before he got to make a full length. Yeah. And there you go. So he's able to talk. And you got to not hide it. Level. It has to be. I can sign my T-shirt and send it to you. Y'all well, like, what makes uh, his Saturday night stories? Yahoo. What makes his opinions more important than Cause nothing? He might, well, no, nothing. No, nothing. You could, you could be. He's obviously affected all of our lives by us viewing his mind and all. Yeah, that, you that, know, we, that his opinions. Nothing. No, I'm saying his opinions and Kevin Smith's opinions are the same. Nothing makes that one more important than the other. His opinions are the same as yours, Travis. But you have to. But you. But if you don't have an audience, right? Your basement talking to the wall and have the. Correct yeah, but opinion. I'm just saying. He's talking about why doesn't Colin get up on a stage and talk? Well, because you're the fucking Colin. <laughs> 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 but not a lot of people. <laughs> 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 Support his wife. I mean, it's just gonna be the live version. I can be Batman. I'm watching you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we should see. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, this is beer. This is like gone off. This is beer in the best area ever. Getting into like, I don't even know what this podcast is about. Yeah, 
Raymond Audiobook. Awesome. Uh, we're going to start talking about ourselves and not the movie. That is a small village. That's the Kevin Smith example. We're, we're following in the Masters. Right, we're, just, yeah, uh, we're, we're just. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think I think I think I started this. I think that was my fault because this is all your fault. Oh yeah, I, you brought the movie, and you didn't even say that this was your favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, it's not. Oh, no. crazy! Why do we watch it? I we could have like had like a joyful instead of emotional roller coaster ride. Well, no, I would yeah. expect like if David Fincher was my favorite director, like I wouldn't necessarily bring my favorite David Fincher movie. I would maybe bring. The best one that would provoke a conversation, or the one that I find, I accept I, your whatever. Dude, I want to see Lost Highway. I said earlier. I said earlier that this was the. I think the film that defined Kevin Smith as a Kevin Smith. Yeah, Brett. Brett and I had like many heated discussions about this, didn't we? Yeah, we went round. Does it define him if it's a rarity amongst his work? <laughs> Does it define you if it's a rarity? So Does think, it? Yeah. Well, Does it? Yeah. Yeah, because, Does I mean, you think a filmmaker's body of work, so you have to take everything into account, even the stuff that nobody's... <laughs> they said Eli Roth is a master of horror, quote-unquote, because of what? Right. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, so... That's why I don't think we could out. I right. think later on you kind of look back and define him by what that. Do you know, but don't get me wrong. I don't think that Kevin he's Fever, a hostile, hostile too. Is, is that really it? Wow. Yeah, right. I mean, just in Quentin Tarantino movies, is yeah, he's been in a couple yeah. of Quentin Tarantino movies. Wow. He produced 2001 Maniacs. And like, is that all he uh, does? He's done? Have I even Last seen? Did he produce Piranha? He's in. Oh yeah. He's yeah, but see, that's why he's in it because he's a he's like yeah, now he's yeah. like a horror he's personality. More of a personality. Yeah, but I mean, Eli Roth. I think maybe we talked about this before. He's funny. He seems like he's a guy who is more interested in the celebrity of Hollywood. He's more interested in like acting, but not really. You know, maybe he did something called like AfterShock, where he's an actor. But you know, I mean, he's, he's more interested in just like yeah, but. Again, yeah, I, I think that's just because it's not he you know, he just because he wants to be Singular's bastards. Right. Who, uh, More uh, than what? Eli Roth to actually make okay. a movie. He was like too much. He was a bear too. Who's talking? Who's talking? Who's talking? Tom's talking. I, just, uh, uh, no, I, I finished while you were talking. I can just see this uh, trying to edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're not editing this. This is going on on air. Can we make this a super long episode because? This is going to be live. Yeah, don't pay attention to that timer. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting good and drunk, so it's getting good here. Oh, uh, extended. Yeah, yeah I don't think you guys are going to say more as much as I am. I am at six minutes. Let me catch up, guys. Jesus. The time of Polo Abdul. This is going to be a little shout out to the conversation. That's probably true. I'm having flashbacks to the Back to the Future podcast. Oh, you ain't getting that drunk, dude. You were no, you were drinking hard liquor. It's just it's going to be incoherent babble. Oh, come on. Oh, that's that's what, what I want. You go through the Wayback Machine and actually check out our Back to the Future podcast or any podcast that we've done prior to this one on our that's website, which is SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com, where you can find us on iTunes, <laughs> on Podbay FM. Or you can get a hold of us. You can contact us Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com is our email. 
Sat Freak Show on Twitter is our handle there. That's right. We want to hear from you. Yeah, please. I want to hear from you. Like on Facebook, on anything. Please. I want to know what you think of the show. Especially after this one, because this will be a good one, I feel like. There you go. Sean wants to hear please, from you. Please. I want to. Nah, nope. Keep going. Um, yeah, please. Contact us. Email us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. I want to know. And we'll make you as famous as us. Yes. Yeah, so promise. A right. promise. And we'll keep it. That, that, I don't know what that is on that scale, but you know, that kind of fame, that kind of fame, you really, I mean, that's unprecedented. We're, right, you get that kind of fame for free, folks. Come on. Yeah. Actually, we should at some point. Actually, I want to say I don't think we're going to take because uh, you know, I've just been hopping onto the the Facebook for the first time, and I've seen a guy's like, you guys should watch Hocus Pocus, and I see him like, um. Maybe Halloween, so we actually don't take requests. Well, no, 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 it's fine. We're totally taking it. We'll weigh it. No, we I would say, no, and that was my thought. Like, for Halloween, that would be the only time. Well, so we'll actually Hocus take requests. I would totally watch Hocus Pocus for Halloween. So we don't take Hocus requests Hocus and actually do right. it right away. We take requests and put it in the list. No, because we have a legitimate request based on what each yeah. one of us wants to see. Right. And so we're, uh, Maybe we're evaluating the idea of uh, Hocus Pocus. And Sean is another one. Give us an idea. Sean, Sean is another one from that generation where Hocus Pocus, apparently Hocus Pocus was a big part Ooh, of it. really was. Hocus Pocus. I yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. His generation his has been generation. telling me that like Halloween is defined by fucking, the Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. You I'm fucking like, what? shit! No, it is. No, it is. What? Yeah. Like, because the Disney Channel, the Disney Channel played it. So, I mean, the Disney Channel is like shit for... For Halloween programming, so and after Hocus Pocus, it became Halloween. Like Halloween Town will be the Halloween movie, quote unquote, for like the next bunch of like little kids. So, like, you know what? Fuck like, Halloween Town. I'm well, yeah, of course, fuck Halloween too. Right, yeah. right. What the fuck so happened? Okay, so like Hocus Pocus was just what's your Christmas? Christmas. We're talking Ben Midler. We're talking Jessica. Talk, Tom. Talk, Tom. You got it. Go. Let's talk about Rudolph. No, Tom was asking what Christmas was. Okay. <laughs> well, <we're laughs> <in the country. laughs> Who has the rights to fucking Halloween on Halloween? Is what I want. Is it AMC's got that all wrapped up? Is that why we... How come kids aren't watching Halloween? Halloween? Really? AMC? Don't they have it well, on there? Well, kids ain't gonna watch AMC. AMC's for old people. No, it's... You shut your on mouth. On Halloween? On Halloween, kids want horror movies. AMC is for old people. Have you seen Breaking Bad? They have the show called The Walking Dead, which is yeah. a lot of Have you seen Breaking Bad, The Walking show Dead, Mad Mad? Is, what, is AMC not cool? Is it, is it one of the what? cool kids? AMC used to not be cool. You, AMC <laughs> like for fucking old movies people. for guys who like movies for crying out loud. It used to be for true. old fucking people who are one foot in the grave. It that's used to be, but it's not it's anymore. That is like so movie. far ago. That's, that's like ten years ago. Where have you been? AMC is yeah. kind of the place to be. We like cables. We like to turn on fellow podcast members. <laughs> <laughs> turn on. God damn it, Tom, turn on. Well, so uh, people have different views yeah, and they have I different perceptions okay. of the world, is what it is. I ain't got cable, man. I don't yeah, even I have cable forever. I don't even God damn it, I'm going to fuck with you. I have to watch it now. I wonder when it changed into original programming. <laughs> I don't have cable, but I got AMC. I cried cry when Superman 2 was on AMC for the first time. Was like, that? a movie for my child. This is an American movie classic. Alright, so Sean is just throwing an object down to the bar top, which is... It's gonna uh, blow up. What is it? What is it's it? Like, it looks like a lemon. It's yellow. It's, it's, like it's, it's hard. 
we were like, where? I know this is <laughs> something from my house. Where did that come from? This is something I found today. It is a gumball. Ah, Jesus. Believe it or not, this is a gumball, and I want to know why this exists. Yes, it is a giant lemon-shaped gumball. Some of you will see this on my Facebook feed. Giant lemon-shaped gumball that I got for a machine for fifty cents, and I want to know why it exists in the world. Wait, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to put this on our Facebook page right now, and you're going to eat it. He's going to eat it right now. He's going to put it on Facebook, and he's going to eat it. No, I dropped this on the floor of Golden Corral. I'm not eating this. Ah, brush it off. Did all of the gumballs Have you been to Golden Corral lately? There were watermelons. There were apples. All that size? Lemons. Yep, all that size. Uh, I bet you there's crap inside of there. I don't want to know. No, I mean, like, there's, like, little, like, things inside. There's probably spider eggs in that thing. No, I mean, actual shit. I don't think you can. I think I'd crack the bar. Nah, you wouldn't. I don't want to try. I kind of want to keep the lemon, just kind of have it to be our little uh, thingy. Wow, this podcast has gotten off topic. We're, well, we're, we're getting right down <laughs> to the final reviews of the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we right. getting No. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, then maybe we can go. We can talk about '90s stank again. Yeah, we can go longer. Oh, we're gonna go longer on that. All right, so what's the what's the wrap up on chasing Amy? Since Brent picked it, that means Sean's got to start it. So, wrap up chasing Amy. What'd you think? Wrap up chasing Amy. Uh, for the first time viewing, um, I liked it. I think it's Kevin Smith's best writing work. Um, as far as directing, I think. Uh, I think his best directing work is the be- is the the newest film he comes out with because I just think he gets better as a director. But this is definitely his best writing work. I like the movie. Um, uh, definitely, what is our rent watch buy? Yeah, yeah, yes, something along those lines. Um, if you are a very if you are a very big Kevin Smith fan, I would say buy it. I would say definitely rent it. You, you need to see this movie. It's his probably his defining work. See it now, probably. Um, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I, it's it's one of the Kevin Smith movies I like, even though I like all his other ones. Which ones haven't you seen? Which one? I think I've seen. All wait, a second, wait a second. Wait a second. Now you've I, seen all his movies. I think I'm now I've seen all no. his movies. No, you were saying that you no, don't, I don't like. You were all like, yeah, I don't like Kevin Smith's movies. They were all like, yeah, I like it, but he's just like turning on us. This is your initial. You said you didn't like Kevin Smith's movies. Now you're all like, I like it. We're going to set the record straight right now. Um, Despite what I may have said earlier. I don't. I like I'll Kevin Smith. Years later, and now likes Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, though. sir. It's been at least five beers. <laughs> I just had that. Yeah, I just want five beers later. I want to make that clear. Um, I like Kevin Smith more as a performer, as him doing the evening whiffs and everything like that. I like some of his movies. It's it's um, he's not one of my favorite filmmakers. I don't. I will see his movies once or twice, but after that, I don't really need to see him again. He's not, again, he's not, he's not my generation's defining filmmaker or one of the ones that, you know, expresses how I feel for my generation. Like, it's not something, rewatchability is not a lot. Like, after this, I may watch Chasing Amy one or two more times, but I don't really need to go back and rewatch this movie. Uh, I, I got a quick quick question it's going to take us off topic just a little bit just real quick okay then what is your generation's like i mean our generation's focus focus what what is your generation's director is it uh judd apatow 
No, no, no. That doesn't define my generation. That defines our generation. I don't don't think I can. Yeah, I think it's close to 30 something. So, what's your generation? I don't think. I I don't know. I think my. this is going to be homework. You're going to have to right, because my opinion of directors is, I think, for me, very eclectic as far as who I like and don't right. like. I need your generation. I like David Fincher to Ryan Johnson. Like, I like a lot of people. I don't think I can define a generation. I'm not even going to All right, we'll go back. We'll come yeah, back. that's going to have to be homework. I like right. a lot of people. Homework. Jeez, Tom, what are you? Well, I, do like, I, do like, I do like this movie. I think you should see it. I think it's Kevin Smith's best works. I do like his movies as... Even if I won't, don't feel the need to go back and rewatch them. I do like what he does. Um, this is one of I, probably my top three Kevin Smith movies. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, definitely check it out. Hold on, watch it, rent it, buy it. He said buy it already. Um, I say if you're a big Kevin Smith fan, buy it. It should be Sorry. part of your collection. Otherwise, rent it. Um, rent it and definitely give it a watch. I wouldn't own this movie. I don't know what that means to people, but I would Boo. rent it. Boo. Rent Sorry, it. I wouldn't rent it. I wouldn't. Boo. I wouldn't personally own it, but definitely rent it and watch it. And there you go. I'd buy it because if you know, I mean, if you want to like see how to actually build just a character movie, this is the movie. You know, this is one of those movies where you know you jump into characters, and characters don't have to have ten minute speeches about who they've been, like who they are, and who you know where they came from. You know, you don't. Most movies really just kind of like, I don't know, how do you define it? I don't know, like really cheaply spill out, here's your character's background, this is what happened to them, this is who they are. You know, with Kevin Smith's characters, you're able to just jump in. Maybe, like I said, it helps for me because I, I'm at least associated a little bit with with his character's world, you know. I you know they can just start talking and it's like okay I get that reference I get that reference I get that reference you know there's I can look inside like in Mallrats I can look inside uh oh my God what was Jason Lee's character in Mallrats can't remember but yeah. you know I can look inside that room and just every poster everything on there is just you know that's my room that's my you know. This is specifically my generation, my generation, not only my generation, my subculture. You know, <laughs> these movies are almost like, like how Quentin Tarantino talks about movies from the seventies. <laughs> you know, this is how, and it's really his first. You know, really only his first few films. Really, you know, it's that Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy. I think when when you refer to like. Like, I've always thought when I refer to Kevin Smith movies, it was always like, Clark's Morass, Chase, and Amy's. You would just, like, name those three as a trilogy. Like, it, was, me, it was the, it was the trilogy. trilogy. To yeah, me, those are a trilogy. And Dogma fits outside that, and then that's where his movies started kind of going bad. I mean, I do like Dogma, don't get me wrong. It just, like, yeah, it just needs but, a better budget. But those three, the Clerks 1, Mallrats, and and Chasing (laughs) Amy are a trilogy, and they should probably just sell that as, I mean, like, if you want to see... I believe they do. I think they have that. And that's what, you know, I think it is worth the rewatchability of it, because like I said, you rewatch these, you start to know the relationships and the, the actual family relationships all these characters have, you know, in, in regards to... You know, the the names of the mall, the two malls that are in Jersey. The, there's the quick stop trivia. There's 
There's Julie Dwyer that died in the YMCA pool. There, I mean, there's just this <laughs> universe of stories that if you get into the comic books, you know, there's Clerks, The Lost Scenes, which is a bunch of uh, not deleted scenes because they never shot it, but it was scenes from the script that they did in the comic book form. Yeah. Heck, even uh, you can find out where, like, Jay Silent Bob Strike Back is actually a... It's actually a redo of a comic book he did called Chasing Dogma, Chasing which Dogma. explains at the end of Chasing Amy, when they say we got a bus to catch, it, expl- it shows their adventure of getting on that bus. And what they're trying to do, they're trying to find Shermer, Illinois, you know, the, <laughs> the fictional John Hughes town, oh, because they figure there's nothing, nobody but Judd Apatow, or no, not Judd Apatow, nobody wow. but Judd Nelson. Everybody else is a pussy in Shermer, so if they go there, they could be the best dealers there. So in that roundabout way, that's how they get to Dogma. And But they later used a lot of story points to make Jason Bob Strike Back. But uh, I think this is, yeah, Chasing Amy is definitely one of his strongest movies. I think it has, you know, funny, funny uh, you know, he's able to keep on, on his, you know, the, I mean, the primary topic of this movie is homosexuality. He's even able to whip out his his comic book references in that, you know. And uh one of the scene one of my favorite scenes of this whole movie is how he recreates the Jaws scene. Oh yeah. After after oh, shit. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, after the windows. What's permanent and what's the leg up on the table. Yeah. yeah. I got that beat. I got that beat. Yeah. You know, that's that's the type of stuff I like in movies. Because, I mean... She broke my heart. Yeah, there's just so scenes in movies that you can re- recreate in any situation. And it will always make it a classic scene just because it's just like, yeah, man, this is just a classic type of information. This is a classic type of character, uh, whatever you want to call it, dialogue piece. So, yeah, great movie, great movie. And uh, I wish those movies would get better. But uh, apparently he's done. Are we buying this one from you? Yeah, I've always I've always uh, owned it, and uh, like I haven't got it on Blu-ray yet. But but uh, I'll always at least keep Clerks, uh, Chasing Amy, and Mallrats. Those are three great movies. Go ahead. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice uh, subtle end. That's right. A nice segue. Do it. All right. Tonight we're gonna have from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. We're gonna have easy jams from <laughs> Kevin Jams. That was a great song. All right. So uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, you know, looking at it now tonight, I haven't seen it since. Uh, it came out, was it? 97. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, I think of You're Kevin Smith's entire, uh, <laughs> you know, of his entire body of work, I want to say, I mean, if I was going to say that there's like three examples that you should see, assuming that you're interested in film, right? There's uh, Chase or uh, Clerks, because that's like, you know, that's as indie as you get. You know, it's like this is grassroots filmmaking, and it had something to say, I think, about, you know, uh, retail at the time. Uh, Chasing Amy, I think, because it was it was poignant. But actually, you know, I don't know. I think Clerks Clerks and Red State would probably be my two picks, and then, then Chasing Amy. So I'd say, uh, what does that put it on the scale? It's probably like stream it. I'd say rent the other, rent or buy the other two. Watch it. I'd say, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you should watch it, I think. Yeah. This wasn't good enough to own. No, I don't think it's good enough to own because I think no, again, I think it's in a it's in a genre. Yeah, I mean, you have to be a fan of the voice, and I'm not saying there's anything. I think we have to recognize. And I'm well, I'm recognizing that Kevin Smith is a singular voice of his generation. I agree. So it's just it's not you know, I think it's one of his better movies. It's just not in my wheelhouse. So for that, I think I'd take it down a couple notches. I would rather see one of the other two. But I'm not going to knock that it's not a good movie, if that makes sense. Yep. So you know who you are if you want to yep. see this. Awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like this movie. Um, my favorite scene of this movie is... The rain scene. Here we go. My favorite scene in the movie... And it's been something, like, ever since I saw this movie is there's a scene at the comic book convention, and he's talking about the black man and the power of the black man. <laughs> and <laughs> and Ben Affleck's character comes in, and he's like, what about Lando Calrissian? Lando Calrissian is a role model for the young black man in the sci-fi universe. And the black guy on stage goes, Fuck at Lando Calrissian, Uncle Tom, motherfucker. <laughs> and he's like, Star Wars is all about the black man, white man, oppressing the black man. <laughs> What's a Nubian? <laughs> What's a Nubian? I mean, it all makes sense. That whole skit, like just that whole scene from the, the comic book convention talking about Star Wars is probably like my favorite moment in any Kevin Smith movie. Really? Yeah. It is. Like, like, like totally. Like, just really? like, like, we're watching it, and you're talking about it, and, like, you have such enthusiasm for it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, <laughs> he does that in, like, everything that he does, doesn't he? Yeah, like, like, the, the two Star Wars things. He's got the, he's got the argument in Clerks. Is this the death of death of all the carpenters and, the and stuff? What about in, and then uh, in this? He's got how the, you know. Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings in Clerks uh, 2. Clerks 2. And there's always, like, some kind of Star Wars reference here and there and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, what? I just, I just, I just love the <laughs> fuck Lando Calrissian, everybody. That yeah. just, that, that gets me every time with you. I just like the name of his superheroes, White Hayden Coon. That whole skit is just, it cracks me up. In this book. It makes me laugh. White Hayden Coon. White Hayden Coon. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, it's its not my favorite Kevin Smith movie um, that would go to Clerks, um, but I, I really do like it. I own it on VHS. Ooh. I have oh, not damn. upgraded. Nice. So. Old school. I have not upgraded since I have not upgraded since, so it's been a while since I've seen it, actually. That's like the, oh, you don't have a VCR? I I think I got rid of that my tracking button. Yeah, shut up, man. Shut up. Go to Salvation Army, get your ass a VCR and watch it. Salvation Army, no, you can go. You can get a new VCR for, for really? that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's what you're like, recently yeah, cheap. awesome. Just keep it on VHS. Why? It's such a fucking <laughs> superior <laughs> format. Like, I get all the, you know, the, the albums are coming back, right? Yeah, well, that's stupid. Oh, I actually get the... Well, I can see it because no one can actually, like... You know, I have one. to make I an appointment. 
Yeah, uh, but it's right. not it's not you know music that I'm just playing in my car while I'm going to something. It's like I have to fucking sit down and make an appointment to listen to this right. music. But no one would call him cassettes, is what you're saying. Right. I yeah. play cassettes. <laughs> I play cassettes. I do. I do. I collect cassettes. Um, just because, well, I only collect out of necessity. My truck has a cassette player, so it's like you know I'm going to the used place. And I'm picking up the Rush cassettes and, and Green Jello and you could find some good shit at some like truck stops. Dude, Toad Hall has been like I've been finding my favorite albums at Toad Hall like on cassette tape. All right, and then VHS lately. I've got I've got four movies on VHS just because they're not available on DVD. So what are you gonna do? You gotta have it on the. Uh, most people like play their computer when they record it so there's like a second delay every like three seconds throughout the entire movie that's why I was like you know what I'll like buy my own VHS from now on because yeah, people hey, pirates you're out there you're fucking recording your goddamn VHS tapes to your hard drives turn off your antivirus software it's fucking making the goddamn thing glitch it's lag it sucks yeah, that's public service. It's distracting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my bill. Uh, well, I want to say, bye, Chasey Navy. I need to get around to buying that stuff. Yeah. That's an upgrade from the supporting the VSQ universe. But I do own on VHS. I need to upgrade it. Like so, saying. Buy it. Buy it. It's like $8. Yeah. Buy it online. Buy it at your I just need to, yeah, it's just one of those things. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping to get like a, like a mall rats, so I can upgrade my mall rats and my uh, chasing Amy on Blu-ray someday. So. Yeah. yeah, I think every comic nerd like mall rats. Not funny. Oh, hilarious! Yeah, I agree with Travis 100%. Mall rats is probably the funniest. Kevin Smith. Oh movie. my God! Especially that outlines how wide the door is right there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, the. I'm okay. sorry. Just let me say yeah, one thing. Yeah. The reason like Mallrats speaks specifically is like okay, when Paul, we're like no, like what? No, right when they no. introduce to us uh, Bob, and they're like, oh, we're gonna, no. like, we're gonna take out, we're gonna take out the, uh, you know, take out the stage. It's like, ah, oh, we were gonna do that anyway, because what else are we gonna do? And he's like. <laughs> He's like, oh, should I call you Logan Webber? He goes, no, Wolverine. And then as he's doing this weird motion, he steps aside to his friend, and for like the news, he's like, he's like, what he's doing? What he's doing? And he's is he's replicating his adamantium uh, attack or whatever with his adamantium claws. And it's like, yeah, that's for me. You know, that's that's comedy for me. That is funny. That is funny. That is funny. That's comedy gold right there. I think it's it's comedy. What's below bronze? Looking at those like freaking like illusion things for like, and, like everybody keeps walking by going it's a sailboat. Come on, the fact that every single time that that uh, Ben Affleck's character says he likes to he likes to screw his uh, girlfriends and in some place very uncomfortable, they always say what like in the back of a Volkswagen. It's <laughs> 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 a hilarious movie. Yeah, real quick, uh, who's the is it Party of Five that kid? From Mallrats or uh, what show is yeah, that? Uh, no, no uh, Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven is what you're talking about. Like, Are you sure? Like uh, the the main character in Mallrats. I know his brother was popular. Seventh like, Heaven. But his brother yeah. was 
more popular than him than at that time. That's why he's yeah, in an independent movie. All right. I don't know what his brother I'm blanking on all of it, but yeah, him or the brother exactly was the seventh like. heaven. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Exactly like each other. I don't know who's who. With Jessica Biel, Beverly Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's seventh heaven. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, fact checkers, uh, if we're wrong, we're sorry, but we're uh, <laughs> no, we're right. We're right for that. In this situation, we're probably right. Um, okay, yeah, I I chose this movie. I think originally for the wrong reasons. I wanted I wanted to have like try and like Kevin Smith loving. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? You, you chose the wrong movie. No, I think you chose about? the right movie. Like, well. Let me, would you have chosen a different chemical? I'm going to explain. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, lemon is yours. <laughs> I have a talking lemon. So I like the conch. <laughs> I chose this movie to get closer to Kevin Smith. And then I realized that I'm not going to be able to do that with this podcast. <laughs> There's no way. We, we can't let this see the light of day. Sugarcoat anything. But, uh, I think he'd appreciate that. Yeah, no, he may. I don't we know. We to see all your movies. We're I'd still say. we're still gonna put this podcast out there. So Kevin Smith, you're listening. My yeah. hats off to you. Yeah, you can find us on iTunes and Podbay, and just find it, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I I do that. I really like this movie. I think that it's it's a good example of what you can do as an independent filmmaker. You know, like as like Clerks did it too, but I think this did it to more. I guess a modern yeah. commercial level, but without crossing that cheese level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's commercial, but it could have been a little bit more commercial. Like, you get that but, goatee up and act like cut his hair a little bit. Dude, leading man. Still, you know, like, like a scrub bum. A winner, winner, some might say. Yeah, so. Well, that same year he did. Uh, so it was like, he, he didn't utilize his star power. You know, he had a. Yeah, he had star power. Well, yeah, he didn't utilize it though. He's got the lemon. When when did when did Good Will Hunting come out? Ninety seven. I mean, before or after? Uh, after. 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 Uh, I don't know. Probably. But they worked on the Well, yeah, because I mean, like that. It's being an independent, you know, filmmaker of sorts, kind of, not really, but like you can see stuff in like. They shoot in bars and they shoot in these, you know, like they have a scene where they're playing darts and like they just put the camera obviously on top of something, possibly a dartboard, but in the background there's bathrooms and they're coming in and out. And like a wood door. And a wood Anybody door. Could yeah. Do that. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they feel like sets, you know. I mean, like they're very close, tight shots. And like all I could think of when they're throwing those darts is, man, they got to be worried about the camera, you know. Like, I hope that they have something like glass or something up in front of that. We could but, probably do the whole bar scene down here as a bar, the way they did it. Exactly like it, because all it is is kind of like flashing lights. You get a few people to make it look like it's crowded, and you're just... It's weird. There's a yeah, there's an episode yeah. of Spaced, you know, that... that yeah. And it shows, like, how they made a club look like... A, I mean, it looks like a fucking rave and, and on the audio commentary when they explain what it actually is. You know, it's like, yeah. holy shit, yeah, I mean, movie magic. It's like, you got such a little square. All you got to do is fill it. Right, And yeah. it, it, you, you can displace reality so easily. You just got to be careful about it. They even went to a comic convention, which we've all been to, and we, like, you know that's a huge auditorium or, you know, some big 
area. Not all comic devices are created equal. (laughs) I got the one at the Cherry Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. I'm grateful that there's been a yearly comic convention in Rockford, the third most miserable city in America. For the past, like, going, I want to say going on, like, five years, there's always been a comic show at least twice a year. Happy for it. We're we're trying to get to number one. There's there's also a role-playing convention called RockCon. No, I've never heard of that. Oh, man. I went to that one. I may be a geek, but those guys are dorks. Hey, Brad's got the lemon. I have a talking lemon. So, like, yeah, you're in this Comic Con situation, this this environment, but you never see a live chat. So you're like, basically, you've got like, yeah, you've you've got you know like a ten by ten area that you're looking at, ten feet by ten feet, and it's basically a booth. But, like, it gives you the impression that you're at a Comic-Con convention, which is awesome from, a, like, an independent filmmaking point of view, which I think is, that's kind of my draw to this movie. That's why I like it, is just the fact that it's, it is shot, and it feels like a very low budget, and I'm sure it is. I know. Well, you know, that, that yeah, is an yeah. actual comic, little, the little comic convention they put together. Yeah. You know, they did actually put it together, and... You know, because Mike Alred, the guy that did all the artwork for the opening credits, you know, he was at his booth. I saw Antarctic Press had a booth. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other booths I saw. I saw a Chaos Comics booth. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these in, more independent comic companies he had in there, you know. More as they the, pan through it. Yeah. yeah, as they go through it, you know, he does have some of the more independent comic companies in there. But I'm saying, like, I went to C2E2 and C2E2. it's not that. You know, no, like, that's uh, you know, pretty yeah. big. You're like it's brand a, new though. It's taken over Wizard World. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's fucking huge. I want to go. But, and but, uh, Kevin Smith is appearing this year. Is he? Yeah. It sucks whenever someone really awesome like that's appearing because it's uh, it's like you better buy a three day pass because you're spending a whole day waiting for Kevin Smith. <laughs> Forget one day of that three day pass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, yeah, you like <laughs> you know, I don't even know where, where are we uh, you like what it does it's so independent you were disappointed though man you were explaining that you were disappointed in what because uh, your original goal has been subverted oh to send this to Kevin Smith so well, would you have chosen something different no because I think the outcome would have been the same I think that the the amount of like talking about the merit of chasing Amy no, is got a like two percent of this podcast. I got a lot of dirt on Clerks. I'm like I'm like fresh on all the behind the scenes making of on Clerks. I know see and I know all the stories. <laughs> like la- like last month, I just had this intense like I watched every like thing I could find about his process of making it, casting it, and I know Clerks pretty good. Who's the berserker <laughs> dude? I can't remember that. To me, that's trivial. To me, that's not important. Who that guy is? Like I said, I don't get into celebrity. Who that guy is? Well, what's the story behind the Berserker? Do you know the Berserker song? What's the story behind the Berserker song? I can't remember it. No, those are the things we want to know. It's all failed in the documentary. All right, so let's just say we chose any other movie. 
Yeah. It would have been different. <laughs> but, but that's what I, I guess. Would it be, though? I mean, because you would talk about that. Would it, would I still be able to send this to Kevin Smith? Yes. I, I think he'd appreciate no. the honesty. I don't know if he could send this one to Kevin Smith, because we talked too much about other shit that just yeah. wasn't even... I don't even think that, like, in, at any time... I, I really don't think he would appreciate the honesty. I think that he's got... Too much of an ego. Well, that's why his movies suck now. It's because people are just like, Kevin Smith, I love you. I want to hear you talk. I want to hear you do other things. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right, Jersey girl. girl. Yeah. 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 Anti-Kevin Smith. This is the anti-us instead of Kevin Smith's 15 fucking podcast. Listen to the Saturday Night Pre-Show. You don't have a problem with Jersey Girl? Listen to the Saturday Night Pre-Show. Wait, wait, wait. Let's put this way. I've seen it. All right. Twice? I don't have a problem with Wow, you even see it twice. That's, that's uh, I, not, I also do not have a problem with it. What's the problem with it? It's horrible. That's the problem. I think that's all it is an endearing, heartfelt movie. I think that's what he was trying to do. That's was create a heart, like a, like a, oh, I'm a brand new father, so I'm going to make a movie about a brand new father. But it didn't come out like that. that I mean, that's hey, how he does it, though. Like, he writes it. about what he's, where, he at, where he's at in his life at the time. And but like like said, but now he's putting that I gotta make some money like gleam on it. Does that too? And he sucks at that. He cannot Obviously. do it. Like he either needs to hire a second writer who can, who knows that shit verbatim and can yeah. help him with that, or he needs to go back to just like you know chasing Amy, Mara, you know the shit where he's just kind of like whatever. He I goes mean, that's at. why he's retiring. He has nothing really left to say. He's got a couple things, but you know. Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe I got nothing wrong with if someone like hey. That's it, you know. I got no, no problem. No, I, and I got no problem with people. You know, I like Woody. Okay, Woody Allen's my favorite filmmaker. He's made like forty films. I got no qualms in saying that I think ten of them suck at least. Oh sure. You know, just because I love a guy doesn't mean I won't be like he sucked for the past fifteen years. But no, if you know yeah, something I, new. Hey, like yeah, yeah, I've awesome. never seen a Woody Allen film. That's crazy. But you yeah. probably won't like it, so don't worry about it. I usually gauge a Woody wow. Allen. You just got judged. Yeah, well, I just yeah. Yeah, I, I've never I've never seen a Woody Allen. I've yeah. always like you like this movie. It's not a Woody Allen film. I've always yeah. been like, yeah, what's this Woody Allen all about? But I I just don't know. I don't know if I've seen one either. Wow. Just out of happenstance. You made movies. No, I've always been. like, he's, there's always like a Woody Allen movie coming out. And I'm always like, who are, who is the audience for this? Like, who New goes Yorkers. to see? Right. Like, the, it is the East Coast. I've heard of them. Because they relate to come out. I've heard of them. Like, Chris of the Jade Scorpion or anything. Yeah. No one like, that you know has ever gone to see those movies. Well, they're not in theaters here. You know. Yeah, well, they're just said. not that, you know. But same thing with Kevin Smith. Chasing Amy was the only movie. Well, no, I saw Chasing Amy and on in theaters. But, you know, you don't see Clerks from Mallrats anywhere near well, here. And then even Chasing Amy was a small, started. small, like. Like, Woody Allen's been around for 40 fucking movies. I mean, you know. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you should see Woody Allen films. He is Woody Allen because he's good. Boom. <laughs> Rent it, buy it. Tom's pointing at us with beer hand. Beer hand. He said, buy it. it up. Yeah. Buy it. I did. What's up next? Next week. Next week. Oh, I shit. think we're going to do Repo the Genetic Opera. We're going to bring some rock and roll, goth, horror, science fiction, Ooh. musical, comic book uh, awesomeness <laughs> uh-huh. to the freak show. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. 
the yes. re, uh, we should I, have now, a response. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the current or the more recent movie Repo Man was based off of Repo the genetic opera. No, no, no not at all. No. Yeah, yeah, no. I thought it was. Well, no, I'm very wrong then. Well, there are well, two demons, ideas demons that happen or only have same. one life. <laughs> okay. yeah, there are two two ideas that two separate screenwriters came up with at the same time. Okay. Sorry. I look forward to it. All right, well, uh, that's it for us tonight, Freaks. Uh, again, as we said earlier, you can reach us on the World Wide Web. You can find all of our old shows at SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. You can talk to us. Please do. By either Sat Freak Show on Twitter, Sat Freak Show, at Sat Freak Show is our handle, or Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo.com. That's our email. Find us on and Facebook. you can find, yeah, that's right, we're on Facebook. At uh, facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Or if you know make us your us. friend, before we make you make us your friend, we will make you. Or if you know even uh, any of us, contact us directly. You gotta start because like, you couldn't like, post us stuff so it's not on my page, so I can't share it with all my friends on my other. Sure, we'll talk about that. And that's it. We're out! I got ah!